Welcome to the Daily Blues Podcast, giving you the best blues content from across all of our 101 ESPN platforms. And update, microphone problem solved. Sorry about that. A a very brief interruption as I had to switch microphones, but this is kind of how it works on live radio. And we're good. Thank you. Uh, We go into the Blues booth now with the voice of the Blues on 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network. He's with us every Monday. His name, of course, is Chris Kerber. Good morning, Kerbs. Morning, Bernie. I listen. That's that's the one thing I love about live radio, live sports, live live anything is things happen. It's just so slide to another mic. We keep rolling. I like it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Just keep rolling. Yep. Uh, now, how many? Um, I don't know. What's been your um, What's been your most unfortunate technological issue calling Blues games? Anything come to mind, or just just well, the usual yeah, stuff? The, no, the most recent one, uh, uh, you know, was a couple years ago when we had. Uh, uh, we were out in Las Vegas, and we were like the third or fourth team to go into Las Vegas. And believe it or not, despite being a showtown, I mean, they, they didn't have anybody that could run a radio remote. And our signal dropped after the first segment of the postgame show or the pregame show. And this poor guy didn't have a clue what to do running it and, uh, uh, and then didn't want to listen to anybody at the same time on how to try and fix it. So uh, Chaser and I wound up doing the whole first period on our cell phones. Uh, that, that's probably the biggest one we've had in a while. I missed that. That's a great story, actually. It really well, is. Was, so, yeah. yeah, so I'm doing the play-by-play on my on, on, on my phone, and then I'd hand my phone to Chaser when it was time to talk. And you can imagine <laughs> the, the audio quality as fans are probably listening now going, yeah, we understand it's, it's not very good. And, uh, and then Chaser said, well, hang on, I have an idea. So we did a three-way, but while I'm doing the play-by-play, he calls my phone. So I looked, I see it's him calling, even though I know he's right there in the booth. I said, hang on a second, folks, I'm getting another call coming in. So we clicked onto the three-way right in the middle of the play-by-play. It was, it was pretty good. Chris Kerber with us here, Adventures in Broadcasting. That's a good story. like that. I'm glad I asked you about that. All right, what about the Blues? Seven in a row, but man, while they're winning seven in a row, Colorado's winning six in a row. Is one hell of a race, and I think it's going to stay this way to the end. Uh, and it, it very easily could come down to the last final game of the year again. And, uh, and you know, and Colorado still has the two games in hand, Bernie. So, you know, essentially I look at it, the way I look at the standings right now is the Blues are trailing Colorado by one point, just from a mental standpoint, uh, you know, because Colorado's been on a quite a roll. That's a heck of a hockey team they've got. And they're dealing with some injuries right now too. But uh, they, they really have a good hockey team. That, that, that would be an un- unbelievable an unbelievable playoff series if those two teams end up going head to head, which would be uh, a second round uh, playoff matchup uh, the, the way the divisional playoffs go. If the Blues or Colorado are fortunate enough to get there, so um, they're going to be on the tail. And uh, it was a huge extra point against Dallas. It's a shame, you know, and, and it was important that they tried to get that one before overtime. They didn't do it, but at least they got the one point to keep Dallas at bay. And uh, it's it's a heck of a race right now. Curbs, we're not going to break any new ground here today, only because there's been you know persistent or I should say consistent themes about this team, which makes it so damn good and so special much of the time. And uh, but we we see these traits, these attributes surface time and time again. Uh, one of the things is a very deep roster and a coach that sort of knows what buttons to push if if a guy needs a day needs to be uh, re- reinforced in terms of how he needs to play or. Uh, getting keeping everyone involved, I think Barubi hand, handles the depth that he has very, very well. I mean, and I think it's a huge factor, obviously, in w- what they've done to this point. 
Well, the and the eye-opening thing that happened last week was what he did with Robert Bortuzzo. He wanted to get Robert Bortuzzo in it. Robert Bortuzzo has played well enough to be in the lineup. It's simply a numbers thing. It is simply a numbers thing and a righty-lefty thing that Robert Bortuzzo is not playing every single day right now for the St. Louis Blues, which goes to the depth thing that you were just talking about. Having said that, again, it's not like some other guys or another player where you're going, ah, it's been inconsistent. No, they really liked his play, and he wanted to get him in. So, uh, you know, Craig thought that Sammy Baru or Sammy Blake could be uh, could, could bring more to the table. Obviously, they hadn't put Jacob De La Rose in in nine straight and uh, twelve of thirteen prior to the last game. You know, and Mackenzie McEachern as well. So, Craig Baruby plays Robert Bortuzzo, figuring, okay, we're coming off of a game where the penalty killing wasn't very good. Robert's one of your top penalty killers in that sense because he'll block any shot if anybody remembers the game earlier in the season against Winnipeg. And on one power play, I think he blocked four or five shots from Patrick Laine to the point that even at the end of that power play, Patrick Laine came over to him and gave him a pat on the pads, which uh, was quite amazing respect shown there. And But but if you are Sammy Blay and you are Jacob De La Rose and you are Mackenzie McEachern and you're healthy and you're not playing – and you see the head coach take a defenseman and play him four shifts as a right wing, you've got to be fired up. You've got to be revved up. And you want to talk about sending a message. So when Blay and De La Rose both got back into the lineup on that in that last game against Dallas, I thought they both played pretty doggone well. Jacob was aggressive. And, but Craig Berube understands, Bernie, that not every player has the, the, the high-end offensive skill whatever, but the one thing that he thinks every player should be able to bring is aggressiveness and compete. And if you don't play aggressively, if you don't compete, you're not in his lineup. And what a message he sent to those guys when they're looking down on the ice as healthy players watching a defenseman play as a forward. And I, and I think i got to say something uh, um, about Barubi that's a, another compliment, but because I'm going to dovetail off what you just said. Yeah, he demands a certain uh, certain level of exertion and consistency with that exertion, and the, because they only because they have to play a certain way to be effective. Uh, but the other, you know, people every time he benches somebody or it's one of the younger guys that doesn't get as much ice time, you, you hear right away. At least I do. Uh, you know, he just doesn't like those skilled guys. You know, he's every not everybody can be like rough and tumble, hard nosed guy. You know. And I just kind of think that's bogus only because of the lessons we've seen. We've seen specific examples. Him telling Jordan Cairo, you know, having long talks with him about how he needs to play. Sammy Blay, same thing. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's he's got some kind of predisposition to favor blue-collar guys over skilled guys. He just happens to think skilled guys can be blue-collar guys. So I don't I don't blame him at all. I think he's done a good job with it. No, I, I, I completely agree. If somebody's saying that, I think they're off the rocker. I, you know, part of it is, you know, there were some games where you'd sit Jordan Cairo because you knew it was just going to be a heavy, heavy game, and, and they didn't think that his young age and experience level, he's ready for that. And because of that, you know, you don't want to put him in a position to fail. I mean, he's he's developmental, Craig is, when it comes to that kind of stuff. and I And I think that's that's a terrific thing. And he talks to Jordan Kyra. And one of the one of the last talks he had with Jordan Kyra was about you have to bring it every shift, every game. And and I know fans go, Oh, that's obvious, you know. Well, it is obvious, but it's and it's not just related to hockey. It's every dog on sport. The athletes for the most part, they they they're able to, their skill is gonna get 
get them to the big leagues, whether it's the NHL, the NBA, uh, National Football League, whatever. It's going to get them there. And then when they get there, they realize, oh, my God, we're playing against men who have experience, who have no tricks to the trade. And it's just a totally different – you are no longer the best of your age group, right? You're just one of many now, and there's a lot that are better than you, and you've got to bring it. And it, and it takes a while to learn. I think he's got a great understanding of that. Yeah, I, I I think he's handled the young guys really, really well. Robert Thomas included. And, look, Robert Thomas is so talented, and he is a tough kid that there wasn't much you had to do as far as getting him ready to go. But there have been some reminders along the way and certainly love the fact that the Chief uh, moved him to center. And this is a re- this guy's a dynamic playmaker. And I, I, it's kind of scary how great this kid's going to be. He's, re- he's pretty damn good right now. Well, Bernie, he might be a perfect example of what we were just talking about. You know, even with Mike Yo, Robert Thomas was not in the lineup on a regular basis at the beginning of last season and, and was still in and out of the lineup going into uh, November and December. And even then, they played him at right wing the whole season. I mean, they haven't really played him regularly at center until, you know, part of this season. Even this season, he began as a winger. And the reason was, is again, just what it takes to be successful as a centerman, the defensive responsibilities, the, the, the 200-foot game, the wear and tear, the learning how to play at the speed of this level. And, and it's, well, here it is, you know, a year and two-thirds in, to to his NHL career, and they're putting him back finally in, in at that center position on a regular basis. And look at how well he's playing. That's because they understand what it takes to be successful in the National Hockey League, you know, and and do it. Now you're right. Robert Thomas is really developing into, into quite a player. And while he was taken 21st by the Blues, he you might redo that draft and say he could be top six or seven uh, if you go back and you look at who else was picked in that draft the way it's looking now, I, I am, and I don't know that the blues are going to do this. I don't know if they'll have the time to even try it this year, to be honest with you, depending on when Vladimir Tarasenko comes back. I'll tell you what, at some point in time, I want to see a run of, uh, of games with him centering Vladimir Tarasenko and just see what that might look like, uh, because he might be a centerman that could help Vladimir Tarasenko get to 50 goals. I love that. I, I, I think that's a great idea. And, um, yeah, I mean, in so many ways, you think of like who'd be the prototype center, the ideal fit for Tarasenko. I think Robert Thomas would check a lot of those boxes, if not all of them. That's great, great thought there, man. So, well, and and the other thing is, is you know, his game has to continue to come along, and he's got to be better defensively. I think, I think putting him by Vladdy with Robert Thomas at some point too, also could make it so. Uh, you know, Vladimir has to really focus on his defensive game, as we saw him play so excellently during the, the playoffs last year. So, um, you know, again, they, they'll have some other options. They'll have some other things that they can do. But uh, at some point in time, as the Blues are built right now, I, I do think that you, you see Vladimir Tarasenko centered by Robert Thomas. I, I, I would at least love to see you give it a shot. Curbs, one more thing since you mentioned Tarasenko. He'll be with the Blues on their trip east. Uh, and Chicago Sunday. Um, so, he, you know, all the indications, everything that the beat writers, everybody's reported indicates that he's making great progress. And uh, as Coach said, they're going to put the physicality on him to see how that how he holds that. But do you have a guesstimate? Uh, and I don't blame you if you don't, but do you have a guesstimate about maybe when we could expect to see him if things go well, when we would expect to see him on the ice? I Not – not other than what would be my own guess. It, it, it doesn't come from a, I've talked to him or a coach or a trainer aspect on it. 
What I would say is what I found intriguing was I I don't think Doug Armstrong says in his press conference we'd like to see it closer to 20 games than three games about his return. Uh, I don't think he says that if he doesn't think didn't think that that could be a possibility. To be honest with you, yeah, I agree. Good, so, good. Um, so to, to me, I, I thought that that was kind of a telling comment in, in his press conference. So, based on that, I, I might be guessing, you know, sometime on that uh, that Philadelphia, Florida, Washington trip. Um, but but I'm I'm telling you guys like like that. I wouldn't put any stock in that. That's just a pure guess of reading tea leaves and. You know, if I was any good at predicting futures, I'd, I'd probably make more money betting. So uh, that that so I, I again don't take that one to the bank on it for any reason. But that that's just reading in between the lines of what Doug said. Having said that, Bernie, you know I watched his practice uh, a couple of days ago, and I'm watching some shooting drills that he was doing with uh, one of the Blues assistants, Sean Farrell, and they're rotating some different coaches out there to kind of work them because you can kind of get through the mundane part that he could be dealing with of the rehab and just waiting to get back in. So they're rotating different coaches to kind of work him and keep it fresh for him, you know, and, and his, and his shot looks terrific. Uh, his accuracy looked really good, you know, just watching the drills and you're going, man, just a reminder since you haven't seen it so long, how well he can shoot the puck. But, you know, just, I, I personally haven't gone through, you know, shoulder repair at one point. Sometimes you feel good, but it comes down to one of the biggest things is just that extra range of motion and getting that extra 5% to get you to where you need to be can take a little while. And I got to think for a hockey player, that range of motion is really the critical part. They can, they can shoot the puck. They can lean, they can be careful. They can do some stuff, but you've got to have that range of motion to be able to take some hits. So my guess is that's one last hurdle they'll cross before uh, he's uh, clear and ready to go. Curbs. Thanks for everything as always. Enjoy this every Monday and uh, we'll have blues hockey tomorrow night from Madison square garden, uh, beginning with a 5 PM pregame show, the Mitsubishi Electric pregame show with Alex Ferrario, and then, of course, at 5.30, the BMW of West St. Louis pregame skate. Curbs will be listening. Thank you, pal. Okay, Bernie, have a great week. Thank you. That's Chris Kerber here, 101 ESPN. A lot of good observations there. Enjoyed that very much. Be great to see 91 return, huh? This is the Daily Blues Podcast. All of the 101 ESPN Blues content in podcast form. One of the young players, Jamie, that you have been talking about is Vince Dunn, number 29 of the Blues. How you doing, Vince? Have a uh, have a seat. We'll put on the mic here. We'll hook him up. We'll, we'll put his ears up. on. Go. Hook him know? up like he's an Astros player. Get himself some gear. We'll give him <laughs> the proper buzzers for his exactly. chest. Yeah, Vince, right off uh, the, the ice. How you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> Are you, like, you look like you're in shock. You're like you're coming in here. I, I never had the headset on before. Really? Your first interview? No, no not your first interview, first interview, but your first headset. Are we live? Yeah, we are live <laughs> right now, man. So don't This perf. is great. Actually, yeah, just don't swear on your goal then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, we have a dump button somewhere. I don't know. I'm not, not very good with the dump button. Yeah, let's, let's just not. Let's not use it. How about that? Uh, Vince, season unfolding in front of us. You guys are rolling red hot for you. What has it been like in uh, another year where you're coming off the Stanley Cup run, but you being a young player, you're also, I'm sure, working on a lot of individual things, uh, some personal aspects that you want to kind of grow your game. What, what's it been like in 2019, 2020? Yeah, I think, first of all, um, you know, you want to, you know, not to fo- focus on yourself. You want to focus on the team things, and that's what's the most important at the end of the day. So, um, you know, we're very accountable on each other, and, um, you know, I think you can see that, 
when you don't make a lot of changes in a team, you can kind of just roll through with it to the next season. I think that's something that's been very helpful for us. We didn't make a lot of changes over the off season, and um, you know we're very familiar with each other. So um, you know, for me personally, it's there's times where you can you know try to work on things, but for me, it's just um, you know continuing to to build the team game, and I think um, we've done a pretty good job um, coming into this year doing that. Now, for you, Vince, uh, coming into this season, obviously you're a young guy. Uh, I play defense, and it's a tough league to play the game from the back end, especially when you're a young guy, you're learning a lot of things. As you head into this season, what was one of the things that yourself and the coaching staff wanted to focus on for you to continue to improve and develop on? Yeah, I think just being more reliable in all situations. Um, you know, I haven't seen myself killing penalties, but um, I've seen myself in a lot more um, D-zone face-offs and things like that, so um, just being... Um, a player that they can trust in all situations, whether it's overtime, uh, you know, four on four, um, you know, power play, things like that. Um, I want I want the coaches to be able to to be able to put me in those situations, and not have to hesitate. So, um, you know, my strengths are obviously uh, my instincts and my my offensive side of things. But um, you know, I think if I just focus on the defensive side of things, everything kind of takes over for itself. Vince, we've talked a lot about this, but the Blues have such great balance in a lot of different areas. And part of the balance that you guys have is you have a really strong core of veteran players, but then you have this group of young guys that is kind of becoming rock stars in their own right. So what it's, what's it like for you to be part of this core of young guys that's ascending at the right time, too? Yeah, it's been really cool for me, obviously. Um, my first year pro was with Chief in the minors, so um, he was familiar with me and, and Blazer and, um, you know, other guys like that. So it's been um, a pretty easy transition for me. And... Um, you know, I think having the balance of both young young players and old players, um, you know, makes it easy for everyone. And, um, you know, I think coming in my first year, I was a little nervous and um, it can be a little overwhelming, um, you know, watching Steeter not not to age him out, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, let's bring, just air it out. Bring it out, man. Uh, you know, like I used to watch him when he played for the Leafs and then um, <laughs> oh my God. I come in here and... He's my teammate, so, you know, it's just like a whole different dynamic, and, um, you know, it's really cool, and, um, you know, he takes me right under his wing right when I step into the locker room, so, um, you know, having those guys who, who really respect us for who we are and um, who really want to help us and um, want us to succeed and be a big part of the team, that's a really good feeling. Blues defenseman Vince Dunn with us right here on Stalter and Rivers with Michelle Smallman, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. Speaking of Steiner, we had him on a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about soccer because he loves, he loves soccer. What's your, what's your sport outside of hockey? Uh, <laughs> um, I guess probably like basketball. Um, oh, great! N- NBA or college? Not college. No, <laughs> I we got I another can't. NBA basketball guy. Donner, uh, you're killing me. Don't knock the kid. He likes, I know. He likes the NBA. I'm who's, not a huge sport. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I really like Steph Curry. Um, obviously LeBron. Um, you know, I'm not really like a huge sports guy to be honest, but um. You know, hockey is probably my main focus out of all sports. Um, I don't watch a lot of, like, hockey games, but I watch a lot of hockey li- highlights, and um, I like to watch certain players. So um, that's probably the sport I watch most. Well, if you're not a huge sports guy, then what yeah, are you doing in your free time? Yeah, take uh, us through a day in the life. <laughs> you're not at the hockey rink. What are we doing, Dunner? Um, I'm a big gamer, so I play a lot of Fortnite. Um, a lot of the guys um, I've got into it. We got Perron really into it, and he's, like, <laughs> nonstop talking You've about ruined Fortnite. Them. And, um, <laughs> I think, um, you know, some of the, the girlfriends and wives are definitely getting frustrated with, <laughs> with, with the time balance from us young guys convincing them to play the video games. But, um, yeah, that's usually what I'm doing on my off days. Now, the older guys, now, 
Now, I've seen this before where some of the guys play for a little bit of cash. You know, you got your teams, right? Don't, I got don't I can get your kid in trouble. No, no, I'm trying to help them. <laughs> We're planning for the future here, okay? <laughs> Retirement, because you're going to pick on guys like Perry. You want to bring him into the game, make him feel nice and warm and fuzzy about it, and then you're just going to demolish him, right, and take his money. That's well, the way you got to do it. Yeah, but he's cheap, so he doesn't usually like, throw a lot of money on the table. No, I'm playing, but um, yeah, you know, I'm not a huge gambler, but sometimes, you know, we throw a little money, make things a little interesting. We well, got to throw a little bit, right? The yeah. competitive juices start to go. I've seen it. My 16-year-old boys are on there all the time, and they, like, they will literally go across the hall at each other, and we've got UFC going. Like, ding, ding, like, let's get it on. I imagine some of you guys get a little heated, especially on the road. You guys take it on the road now, right? Yeah, well, I think some of the guys were just talking about going to grab their, like, PS4s right now to, like, bring them on the road. I'm like... Guys, I don't think we have like enough time to be like playing video games on the road, but um, the, the kids. Yeah. So he's trying to. Yeah, <laughs> Chief's like, not listening. Guys, this okay? is yeah, this is serious. Yeah, man. who's responsible now? Okay, so Vince, I, you can always learn a lot about somebody and what they're really into by their Instagram. Yeah. So I pulled up your Instagram. Uh oh. And one picture obviously stands out. It's you and another St. Louis legend, Nelly. And today we're actually playing a Nelly game because it's 20 years since Country Grammar. His oh yeah, the anniversary. Album. Yeah. Okay. So what's your favorite Nelly song? We need to know probably country grammar um i mean just being from st louis um there's a lot of big musicians that have come from here um my one of my favorite producers um metro boomin so um i don't know if you know him but um he's like no idea more of like a hip hop guy probably do more of a hip-hop guy so um yeah i'm really into music i always have been um mostly rap and hip-hop but i love all music and listening to all music so that's something i've always been interesting or interested in so um you know like maybe post-career i could somehow get into that but um you know my i have a couple friends who are artists and and producers and um obviously meeting nelly that was pretty special for me being from st louis and um you know he's really respectful for me and um really took me under his arm so um you know he said if i ever need anything in st louis he's always got me so um you know just making connections like that is pretty cool well, that is cool. Now, uh, Nelly did have the, the school there that he was running for producers. The AI yeah. Institute. Yeah. yeah. So that might be something you look into all, as well. But let's say we pulled up Vince Dunn's playlist right now, your top playlist. Give us your top three hip-hop guys that you're pulling up. Uh, or top three hip-hop songs. The ones you can say on the air. <laughs> um, I'll just give you, like, the artist names. Probably, like, Travis Scott, um, Roddy Rich. Obviously, Nelly, um, Drake being from Toronto. Um, yeah, you name the rapper, I probably like him. There's not many I don't like. Um, you know, even the old school guys like Nas and Tupac. Um, I've always been a huge fan of music. So, um, you know, just seeing the transition and, um, you know, talking to people who grew up in different generations, kind of cool to to see their opinions and, um, you know, disagree and um, agree with if they like this new style of hip hop. Now, who runs the stereo in the locker room? Because that's always like, mm-hmm. there's like, there's always a DJ. And sometimes you split it. Like, one guy has it until some of the older guys get there. Yeah. Then the older guys take it over. So, who's the locker room DJ? Uh, I want I want who's a good DJ, and I want who's a who's a rough DJ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you walk into the locker room, you're like, he's doing the music. <laughs> Unbelievable. We're pretty good on this team. Honestly, it's pretty balanced. Like, certain guys have their certain times. So, um, you know, usually in the morning, like, Steiner kind of puts on, like, you know, not like really heavy music. Um, I know he likes this camp guy, um, Lumineers, things like that. Just not walking into the dressing room in the morning and there's blaring music. So um, just some chill music like that. And then, um, you know, Shenner usually takes it over for the games. He's got like EDM music, um, you know, not 
Not a lot of the guys like the new rap music. So <laughs> that's pretty I hardcore. Only, I only are you, get. Are you the bad DJ? I get. Yeah, I'm. I'm the bad DJ. So I only get like ten minutes of my own song. So um, <laughs> when everyone leaves and goes play soccer, I just sit in the room. Uh, usually, Binner's in there. Um, unfortunately, Jabo being out, but he's usually in there laughing at me, watching me sing the song. So uh, <laughs> there's only a couple guys in there where I get to shoot my shot. Good stuff. Well, Vince, we know you're you're busy. Appreciate it. You guys are red hot right now. We've uh, really enjoyed not only watching the Blues as a whole, but but you uh, develop as, as such a young key player for us. So we appreciate it, and thanks, man. All have right. Good, have a good road trip. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Vince Dunn, number 29 for the Blues, Blues defenseman here on Stolton Rivers. This has been the Daily Blues Podcast. Check back tomorrow for more Blues coverage right here on 101ESPN.com.